Hi, this is Narain, a supporter of equal rights for it is the foundation of this country and the basis of liberty. Hi, this is Jimmy, a supporter of nobility and preference for personality and traits undermining equality. Jimmy, is it not great to be able to say whatever I want on a podcast? Why is that? Because the freedom of speech, First Amendment of the Constitution gives me freedom of speech. That's not true. You cannot say whatever you want if it could threaten the safety of others. You may have a good point there, Jimmy, but we should be allowed to express our opinions regardless of what other people think of them. No one has the right to edit this video unless we give them permission. Well, you see, someone with administrative power could have edited this however he or she wanted to before displaying this video to the audience. We cannot guarantee that this podcast goes straight to people with, that, with no alteration whatsoever. Lies, we have freedom of the press and the First Amendment as well. Nobody can alter this video just because they're more powerful. Now that we've acknowledged that we have such rights, nobody will turn their video into propaganda, and that we can express their opinions no matter how controversial they seem to the viewer, I think we can begin with the topic. Are we not already talking about our topic? Of course not. Our topic is about the rights given to us by the First Wait, okay, never mind. I guess we are talking about this topic already. Yeah, right. Okay, moving on before this gets awkward. What do you believe is the freedom of speech and expression? The freedom of expression is, is the ability to speak out about personal opinions, regardless of whether or not those opinions are disliked or by or controversial by to society. Do you think that people always have the freedom to speech and expression within society? I think they certainly do. All of the courts almost always favor the person who is protected by the Constitution. If not, they just appeal to a higher court that has a higher standard of law interpretation. I disagree. The Constitution does not stop others from silencing certain, certain viewpoints. It still happens all the time. And there's still a bias towards favoring the more powerful person. That is not true. Prejudice does not exist in America, at least not in civil law and order. Yes, it does. No, it does not. Here is an example of a Supreme Court case that dealt with this problem. It is not other than Rosenberger versus University of Virginia. Rosenberger? <laughs> Rosenberger is not a thing. Ronald Rosenberger was the founder and leader of a student organization, producing a magazine known as Wide Awake. It was meant to institute tolerance of Christian viewpoints within the society. As it was a registered student organization within the University of Virginia, it was eligible for funding by the Student Activities Fund, However, the college administration repeatedly denied the students the funding because they believed the organization promoted a certain religious belief, which was a violation of the school guidelines. The students did not agree that their magazine was religious, so they filed lawsuits against the university, but all of them ruled in favor of the school. They decided to appeal all the way to the Supreme Court. The students argued that the university was discriminating against their point of view and deliberately limiting the form to exclude their ideas and perspectives. They believed they had not violated any guidelines because they were not promoting a religion, but a viewpoint. That's false. The university has the right to allocate its money to the organizations that it believes follow the guidelines. That's not discrimination. Technically, all religions are viewpoints. Viewpoints have philosophy. You cannot just draw a line between the two. Exactly. That's what I'm arguing against. The one that has power, or in this case, money, is the one that is not, is fav- is not favored. Isn't the one that's always favored. If anything, it only makes others more critical of their flawed decisions. So people trust that the more powerful one's decisions, they use them more right. This makes their opinion socially right according to the general population, right? Wrong. Socially right or morally right, correct are two different things. And by morally correct, I mean constitutionally correct. There is no link between the two. The Constitution does not define what is morally correct. It is a set of rules people follow. While we're correct, this is what seems right to one's personal ideas and motivations. More than a set of rules, the Constitution defines their rights. It is important to realize that the Constitution only works because it is morally correct. Otherwise, people with high moral philosophy would protect protesting, and the government would fall apart. The government does not fall apart because there are protests, because of the people who empower to stop them. And that includes the justices at the Supreme Court. What did they think about the case? They did find the students correct. There is the obvious violation of free speech and expression. Assuming the magazine was promoting a viewpoint and not a religion. Right, but also they realized that the intellectual life of students through creativity would be significantly limited through this form, created by the suppression of free speech and disapproval of certain viewpoints selected by the university. It is vital to the creative inquiry within the student environment. Perhaps I can understand. But while freedom of speech and expression seems that beneficial in the short term of expressing one's opinions, this is punishing in the long term as your history can follow you around. 
And certainly, a fast impression is a significant definition of character within society. But speech and opinions cannot be justified as a contribution to public danger and social unrest unless they are threatening, which is needed for society's true definition of negative character. History is mainly justified by actions rather than words. A murderer is more dangerous than a blackmailer, right? That is, if you're talking about direct action-based history, like a resume, for example. However, people can also be interpreted based off of those around them. Take, for example, Ismail Agawi, who is bound to attend Harvard University. However, upon his arrival to the United States, a Customs and Border Protection officer at Logan Airport in Boston had seen the social media post by his friends and was quoted to have angrily told them their political views opposed the U.S., referring to Mr. Agawi's friends. This is an example of a direct violation of the freedom of speech and expression. However, another student, Aina Mamadova, who was bound to attend the Temple University in Philadelphia, had entered the United States through New York's John F. Kennedy Airport without issues. The only difference between these two students is that Ismail is of Palestinian descent and Aina is from Turkmenistan. I'd like to know your opinion on the conduct of the Customs Border Protection and whether or not Mr. Gawi's rejection was constitutional. After all, shouldn't speech and opinions be considered in order to ensure proper border protection and domestic tranquility within the United States? This is difficult to decide. While I have much trust in the Constitution, perhaps there is prejudice in the United States. However, neither of the students have American citizenship, so I'm not sure if we can use the same deductive reasoning of free speech and expression. As though it is true that neither have citizenship in the United States, the fact that they are not protected by the Constitution is exactly the point I'm going for. Israel has been in constant turmoil for quite a while because of Palestine, and Turkmenistan has been quite a peaceful country, or as far as I am informed. That is a good point. I already know beforehand how much the United States hates Palestine, for it fails to recognize the state even as a country. The United States is a good friend of Israel, and Israel only created the West Bank and the Gaza Strip for the former inhabitants of Israel before the Second World War that coexisted the Jews. It was never intended to be a sovereign state, and so the United States detests their rebellion. Exactly. The Constitution does not protect everyone. It only protects the people whom they favor, and this has to do with political beliefs, race, and citizenship. If you or your society says anything that the United States U.S. does not like, a rift will go be- between those who agree and disagree with you, causing for your society to tread on thin ice. This may travel further and even affect your entire race. Perhaps, perhaps. Maybe the Constitution is not necessarily sacred. It is also quite exclusive towards certain groups and does nothing to solve disputes. Still, it preserves the universal rights within the United States and keeps the peace in terms of morality. Nobody disdains the Constitution, as it still lives to make the United States of America the ideal government, be it 232 years ago and be it today. That's correct. Maybe we cannot always be guaranteed perfection by the Constitution, but we can guarantee the right to get along. Immigrants can still be deported by what they say. But courts are here to protect the rights. Only for U.S. citizens. But for all U.S. citizens. Be it freedom of speech and expression, or be it freedom of preference and power, may liberty and justice justice prevail prevail for all. all.